Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com slash ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Last week, we studied what doesn't change, namely God, who never changes. This week, we will examine what needs to change, namely us. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The word transformed is literally metamorphosis. It is to become something completely different, like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly or a tadpole becoming a frog. Remember that movie Transformers with beings from outer space that turned into cars and trucks? When you and I are transformed, we become something wholly different. This transformation is a joint effort between the will of God and our will. We must surrender our own will to His. Remember Jesus praying, Not my will, but thine be done? We must echo the prayers of the Master. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Children do not worry about the things adults are concerned with. Children are not as likely to hold grudges. They forgive others more quickly. Children are more likely to trust. Children are prone to live in the moment. Children are filled with hope. Children do not hold back on their joy. Children have faith without the pride of believing they know all the answers or the need to have all the answers before believing God. We need to be converted and become like children. True conversion involves repentance. Repentance is more than a change in behavior. It is a change in direction. It is a change of heart. It is dying to my own will and surrendering to God's will. It is to cease running my own life and begin giving Him control. It is dying to the flesh and being born of the Spirit. It is putting my faith in Him and making Him Lord of my life. And yes, that involves a change in behavior. The change that we all need is to quit going our own way. Turn to Jesus and follow Him. Galatians 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Romans 6 adds, Therefore, sin is not to reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the parts of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead, and your body's parts as instruments of righteousness for God. 
Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The one who loves his life loses it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. You must be born again, and to be born again, you must first die. It's like changing clothes. Colossians 3 says, You have stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. You change your clothes daily. And Paul said, I die daily. Be patient. Change is a process. 2 Corinthians 3 says, We are all with unveiled faces looking as into a mirror at the glory of the Lord. And they're being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Throughout the book of Acts, the disciples preached repentance. In Acts chapter 2, that famous period of history, Now when the crowd heard this, they said to Peter, And the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3, Therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 17, God is now proclaiming to mankind that all people everywhere are to repent. But even after becoming a believer, there are times when we fail, and at those times we must still deal with repentance. David was Israel's greatest king. He was a man after God's own heart, and he was a man with failures. David was broken before the Lord. He was in great sorrow. The Bible says that godly sorrow produces repentance. Listen to David's prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David understood that he needed God's help to have a change in his heart. He needed God's help for spiritual renewal. This is that joint effort I mentioned. God will lead you, he will help you, but you must make a choice. Before Cain killed Abel, the Lord said to him, Why are you angry, and why is your face gloomy? If you do well, will your face not be cheerful? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Notice that God did not say sin is in you and you have no control over it. He said sin is at your door and you must master it. Cain had a choice. You and I have a choice about sin. Will you let it in or will you shut the door in its face like an unwelcome solicitor? Jesus said to Peter, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail, and you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus did not pray that Peter would not be tested. 
He didn't even pray that Peter would not fail. In fact, he told Peter he would fail. He prayed that his faith would not fail. And as Jesus knew Peter would deny him, he also knew Peter would turn back. He knew that faith would lead Peter to repent. And remember the prodigal son? He began in his father's house. Life was good, but he departed and squandered his life. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough bread? But I am dying here from hunger. I will set out and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired laborers. But the father had been watching and waiting for his son's return. And when the son came back, the father welcomed him. So how should I handle failure as a Christian? 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess means to say the same word. Acknowledge what God already knows, that you sinned. Ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you. He is faithful. He will always do it. And he is just. He is keeping his own law because Jesus died in your place. Sometimes we need to help others repent. Galatians 6 says, If a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Take care to remain humble. You are also a sinner saved by grace. When Jesus began his ministry, he quoted Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord anointed me to bring good news to the humble. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives, and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the cloak of praise instead of despair. Let him change your ashes into beauty. Let him change your mourning into gladness. Let him change your despair into praise. Let him change you. As he does, offer these changes to others. The end of that prophecy reads, So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations, and they will repair the ruined cities, desolations of many generations. Sometimes change is needed because of the things that have been ruined by others. When Isaac settled in Gerar, he dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. We have all been hurt in our past by people who didn't have our best interests at heart. Sometimes 
we need to make changes as a result of the consequences of other people's choices. Isaac had to repair the wells by redigging them. When I was in the first grade, I broke my arm, and the doctors put a pin in my elbow and a cast on my entire arm. When it was x-rayed later, they discovered that it was set improperly, so they had to remove the cast, remove the pin, and re-break, then reset my arm. That was a difficult process for a first grader to endure, but it was necessary to set things right. I was also damaged as a young boy by an abusive stepbrother. I went through intense therapy as an adult in order to find emotional healing. Sometimes the changes we need are because of the choices of others. Still, we need to go through whatever process is necessary to make healthy changes in our lives. This may at times require care and help from a skilled professional. There is also a time when God's people are called to repent collectively. No doubt you have heard this. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I say without hesitation, our land is in need of healing. Our people are in need of change. And the change needs to begin in the church. Listen to what the Spirit says to the church in Revelation chapter 3. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise to you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to apply to your eyes so that you will see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him, and he with me. The New York Times called Warner Salmon the best-known artist of his day. No doubt you have seen his 1942 painting, Christ at Heart's Door. A luminous Jesus is standing at the door, knocking. There is no handle on the outside of the door. It must be opened from within. The picture leaves an indelible impression. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. This verse has been used to evangelize unbelievers for years. The irony is, Jesus is talking to the church. The church which is lukewarm. The church which is wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The church which needs to make wholesale changes. The church which needs to repent.
America will not change until the church changes. Some things need to change. We need to change. I need to change. You need to change. Our nation needs to change. The church needs to change. The changes we need will not happen independent of repentance. I urge you to join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, show me what I need to change and give me the grace to change it. What I cannot change, I ask you to give me grace to endure it. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Forgive me for my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. May your people who are called by your name humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways. May you hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I welcome any change that you ordain in my life. Amen. Since You Asked is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash ask.